Good evening and welcome to another episode of Hitting for the Cycle. I'm your host, Hank and Dichter, and today we'll be discussing the League Championship Series for both the American League and the National League, and we will be previewing the remaining games with our guest for tonight, Alec Walt. You may have seen him before on a few episodes. He is backstage, but first, before we get into that, we are, I want to make sure you guys do not forget to buy some of our new review and preview swag, as you all know. We are a sub show for review and preview. And let me give you a little idea of what we got here. Here is here are some of the stuff we have. We have got mugs, we've got hoodies, we've got long sleeve t-shirts, and of course regular t-shirts as well. And you can all you can of course find those on Bombsite. Uh sorry, on our on the website Bombfire. They are available until October 21st. So sorry, October 25th. So if I were you guys, I would advise you to please. Get your review and preview gear as soon as you can, all while the items are on sale and all while they're hot. And in any event, if you want to subscribe to our regular channel, you can, of course, find us on all forms of social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And, of course, in addition, you can also find us on our regular channel at Review and Preview Sports. And, of course, as you also know, we are not just being shown live on Facebook. We are also going live now simulcast on YouTube. So please give a subscribe to our YouTube channel. And as I mentioned, give us a follow. And as I also mentioned, please do not forget to check out all of our new merch on at bombfire.com. Hopefully more will be more, more will be made in the future, but any event, I think now it's time to get into the baseball side of things. We have our guest Alec wall and uh, Alec, how's it going? Uh, thank God I found something else to do than watch this absolutely pitiful baseball game. Uh, the Red Sox pulling Nate Pavetta, Nick Pavetta yesterday. I truly 100% believe this statement. Pulling Pavetta lost them the chance to go to the World Series. Uh, this team is playing horrendous baseball right now. They are scoreless and now I believe 13 or 14 innings. Houston has uh, a injured pitching staff and they're making one of the best offenses in baseball look like uh, they've never stepped in the batter's box before. So uh, I'm happy I'm no longer watching this game and I'm talking to you because if I wasn't talking to you right now, I I don't know what I'd be doing. So uh, I'm not happy. I think the way this pitching's been managed over the last couple of days has been pretty awful, um, let alone I don't know what's a ball or strike anymore. But uh, I'm not happy at all with the Red Sox. I think their performance tonight's been pretty sad. And if they want to go to the World Series, they need to wake the hell up because they're not going anywhere near there if they play this type of baseball for a couple more innings. Yeah, no, I, I totally don't blame you. And yeah, game four, a lot of turning points happened. And 
I tend to agree with you. I thought Nick Pavetta was pitching very solid. I I don't know about you, but I'm I'm among those who believe that you should probably let a starting pitcher keep going while he's hot, especially in the postseason. And the reason I say that is you can't always rely on the bullpen to bail you out every single moment of the game. And it's I mean, not like they have a good bullpen to begin with. Yeah, no, exactly. And not to mention after the the other guy got two outs and then you put in Ottavino, which not to mention not saying that was a mistake, but like, I don't know. It just, it grinds my gears whenever these managers give their starters like a short leash or whether, or when they like take them out too soon, like before it even looks like they're tired. But I don't know. That's just how major league baseball is. Maybe I'm just a little bit too old school for my own, my own good, but oh, well. I mean, I'm a believer that analytics do have a place in this game. Obviously I am a they do. true believer. They do. That, um, you know, you also have to use your eyes. And Alex yes. Cora is one of the best managers in the league of being able to balance both of those things. Um, I'm in no way, shape, or form, you know, blaming him. But um, right, right. You, he, he needs to know. I, I get that the analytics say when you go the third time through the order, it increases the chances of players getting a hit against that pitcher. Fine. But if you're going to pull, there's no reason to pull the star. You kills the momentum of the game. So you go like Brazier, Taylor, other guys like that, and you think that's going to get the job done? Hank, we had multiple discussions about the Boston Red Sox after the trade deadline. What did we both say? Yes. You know, they pieced a couple decent pitchers, but they did not get the pitching depth to last in a seven-game series. They're playing a Nationals team that's very good, but is dealing with injuries on the pitching end. And, well, Framber looks incredible right now, but the Red Sox are giving a gift not having uh, Lance McCullers play in this series. Absolute gift. They had the number one offense in, in like their offense was amazing in this series, hitting grand slams, hitting home runs, you know, going deep in the count, forcing walks. And the offense all of a sudden wakes up one day and can't hit anymore. I, I don't, I don't understand how you can go from scoring. What is it? 16 runs in two games to now going 14 or so innings now getting shut out. I mean, I don't know what's going on inside the Red Sox clubhouse right now, but they just decided all of a sudden to stop showing up after game three because this is just – I am disgusted with what's going on on TV right now. Really, I think when they stopped showing up was maybe after Xander Bogarts hit that two-run home two run home run in the first inning game four because after that – I think it's – like. You can blame Alex Cora all you want. And I don't disagree with you about Alex Cora at all, by the way. Like, listen, as big of a Yankees fan as I am, even I've praised Alex Cora. Like, that guy has, a, for the most part, other than, like, maybe occasionally following analytics when, when he has to, he's a guy who has a feel for the game, for the most part. But at the end of the day, Alex Cora isn't the reason the Red Sox went 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. Neither is last DS, for that matter. Yeah, no, I and don't. And at the I, end I, of the day... Last Diaz isn't at fault for their bullpen having a meltdown. So, yeah, I mean, I just I thought that one decision from Cora was incredibly dumb. Uh, pulling Nick Cavetta was so stupid. I mean, we saw last year when Blake Snell got pulled in the World Series. The first thing I said when Kevin Cash had his foot hit the top of that step, I said Kevin Cash just ruined the Rays' chances of going winning this World Series. And I I cannot believe that Cora decided to pull Pavetta yesterday. I can't believe it. Um, there were very worse decisions. I think the officiating or the umpire crew, that was a storyline before that Pavetta, before that Eovaldi strike. But I mean, when you give up 
seven runs with two outs in the in the top of the ninth, I mean, you got bigger problems you need to figure out. But this team looked like they had the chance to go to the World Series two days ago, and whatever the heck happened to that team is no longer around. I mean, I I, I cannot keep my eyes on this TV. I, I can't keep watching this. I can't say that I blame you. I mean, as I look at my little monitor on MLB game day, it's still, still six, nothing. They do have a runner on second, but I don't know if they're going to get that run home, but yeah, it it really is crazy. The, the first few games, if there's one thing I really learned from the series that I really took away, you cannot give the Astros a second life. Say what you want about guys like Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa and all their cheating and whatnot. Their lineup is still deadly, and you know th- there's a reason they've been they've been going this far for the past five years. Yeah, didn't do it by accident. And you know when they when they had that comeback in game one, I you know I, it, it was like there was no way you could really be shocked, and especially when Cora had that epic celebration doing the little time thing in his watch. By the way, I loved how Alex Cora like yelled at Erod for like trying to mock the Astros. I yeah, mean- I mean it's game three. <laughs> I mean, I get you made a big strikeout. You want to do what you do, but I mean it's game three. You're playing a really good team. I mean, I, I, I give no give all the credit to Houston in the world. I, they were my pick to go to the World Series before this whole thing started. Right. I mean, they have one of the best lineups in the league. They're a team that's extremely deep. And let's be real, when the Red Sox have played, you know, there's been uh, there's been very different games in this series like you would expect. In right. game one, in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, one team had to have their key players showed up. The Red Sox players did not. The Astros players did. They went on to win that game. What happened mm-hmm. in games two and three? The Red Sox had an opportunity to score early. They maximized those opportunities, prevented them from coming back into the baseball game, and the Red Sox took a 2-1 series lead. What happened yesterday? Late in the baseball game, one team stars needed to show up. The other teams did not. Houston ended up blowing up this game in the seventh inning, and the Red Sox went on to lose. And here we are again. Houston ended up take, getting the a run first in this baseball game, and they now have a 6 nothing lead and look like they're going to take a 3-2 series lead back to Houston. So uh, the, first, the per team that scored first in this series has won every single game. And um, I have no idea how the Sox make it back from 6 nothing here in the sixth inning. I mean, who knows? If Houston's bullpen has a meltdown, I mean, anything's possible. We've seen what what's happened in throughout history of Major League Baseball. But given the way this series has gone when compared to the other one, that doesn't really seem likely. And Houston, I think, has the edge in, in terms of bullpen for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not saying much. I mean, the Red Sox bullpen, I've been very low on this entire season. I mean, we don't even even see Matt Barnes right now. Um, I have liked seeing Pavetta in that bullpen role. Of course, he deserved a spot in the starting lineup, and he impressed in that role. I don't know what's up with Tanner Houck. Um, I haven't seen him pitch in a couple games. But, you know, when you look at this Red Sox bullpen, it's not like you're looking at the four best relief pitchers in baseball. I mean, I don't trust Brazier. I don't. Tr- I kind of trust Taylor. I don't trust Hansel Robles at all. He's the one that blew game one. Um, but, I mean, the object, the Red Sox had one thing they needed to do at the trade deadline, and that was get improve their pitching depth. And um, it, the Red Sox did go many innings, and, of course, the one pitcher that blew it up at the end of the game was Eovaldi and then Perez and other guys like that. So their inning-by-inning pitchers did do very well yesterday, but um, they went. I, I had a feeling in this series, if it was going to come down to piecing innings together, the Red Sox were screwed. 
Oh, yeah. They had to score early and keep the lead, and that was their game plan. And, yes, I understand you have to win close games to win playoff series. In these two close games, the Red Sox have lost, and I don't think this game's going to be close. So that's how they're going to get their third loss here in this series. But, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I was not expecting this Red Sox team to be here. I'm in no way, shape, or form saying that this has been, like, a lost season or anything like that. But uh, this is the ALCS. This is Major League Baseball. This is a team that's been on fire lately, and all of a sudden it's completely disappeared, legitimately overnight. It's it's crazy to me how this team just woke up being unable to hit the baseball. I mean, look, this is probably going to be a discussion that I'm sure you will save for like another day after the baseball season's over. But when you look at where the Red Sox are compared to where a lot of people expected them to be before this year, I mean, look, I didn't think they were going to be a last place team. Uh, like, if I'm being honest, I thought at the very least they were going to be in third place because for me the thing with the Red Sox that, that like I thought would be the issue was pitching, but I also didn't think the pitching was going to be as bad as it was in 2020. I mean, I don't think if, if it was as bad as it was that year, then, then there would have been a problem. But I, I figured that this, that that offense could carry the Red Sox to a number of wins and Hey, you know what? They overachieved. They kept them. They were in first place for a stretch for a stretch of the season. Then obviously they fell apart and the race took over, but then, you know, they started getting hot again. It, it's kind of been one of those roller coaster seasons with the Red Sox when I, when you really like think about it. So, yeah. definitely got some stuff to, I guess you could say, feel good about. I mean, what what High and Bloom does over the course of the off season remains to be seen. But unlike Tampa Bay, he definitely has a lot to play for this time. He has, he has a lot to play with this time around in terms yeah, of the rest of money because he's got have- a big market team. Yeah, I mean that's gonna be interesting. I he, I love to see he did make some great moves in the offseason. He, he, he didn't spend that much money to make those moves either. But at the end of the day, they need to improve their pitching. I mean, I I've said this before. You obviously saw my podcast. Yes. I'm very critical of Ax Core right now for that one decision because it just drives me yeah. crazy that he decided to do it. Um right. but he I still think he's by far the manager of the year, and I don't think it's close. Um, but yeah, I, like you I said agree. before, the expectation of reality, I expected this team to win somewhere between 82, 83 at most 85 games. They went on to a 91 and finished second place in the hardest division in baseball. I mean, what they've done is absolutely spectacular. Um, their offense was for the most part consistent all season. They were able to piece together a average pitching rotation and average bullpen. Uh, they got Chris sale back who may have pitched his one if not his best game today until he kind of blew it up a little bit towards the end. Um I was in favor of them keeping him in this game, but there's been one hitter in Houston that's known how to hit him today and that's Jordan Alvarez. Um and again, I why I don't get why they pitched to him. I don't either. Um and here we are. So uh, I still think one of the best managers in the postseason. Like I I I in Cora I trust. I do think this guy has it in him to put together a team and be competitive in the playoffs. But um, this manager I've been very high of and very complimentary of has made some very terrible decisions in these last two games. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think if you're going to praise him for the good work he's done, it's very much fair game to criticize him when the situation warrants it. And so I'll give you a little fun fact though, with regards to the Red Sox and the two games that they've won. Apparently, I actually didn't realize that they had this many grand slams in ALCS history. I believe that's eight and there isn't even a close second. I think there might be one team that's had two. either one team has two or so many other teams 
are tied with just one. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I, I do know the Yan- the only one the Yankees had grand slam wise in the LCS. I know it was Ricky Lede, and that was actually ironically in the forgotten Yankees Red Sox series in 1999. Fun fact. Yeah, that's but, pretty cool. I mean, I mean, when they when again, when they took that lead in both those games, it was a near impossible task for the Astros to come back and win. Right. I mean, though though what they they had in game 1, they had the bases loaded in the first inning, zero runs. Game 2, eight, game 3, four. And it's made a huge difference in determining if they win or lose in those baseball games. So, hopefully they can get the bases loaded today because they don't have enough chance in hell to come back unless they do. Now, again, I know you've been harping on the negative a lot. And, again, rightfully so. I'm not stopping you. I'm not happy at all with this performance. I'm not stopping you at all. But I do want to talk a little bit about Kike Hernandez. If you've seen throughout the course of a lot of postseasons, there's often one guy who isn't necessarily a star, but he always seems to have a habit of coming up big in clutch situations. This year, it's been Kike Hernandez. He had a monster division series. He continued to rake for like the first three to four games against the against the Astros. And even before that, when he was with the Dodgers, he had a few moments of coming up clutch. If I remember correctly, I think he was the guy who hit three home runs in the 2017 championship series against the Cubs, no? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know of that fact, though, on the top of my head, but Kike's been a stud. I mean, you know, he came to Boston looking like he was going to be that super utility man, and right now we're seeing someone who secured that spot in center field and has been a huge boost for the Boston for the Boston Red Sox. And um, I've been impressed. I mean, he's a small dude that has way more power than you think he would. Uh, he has cooled off a little bit over the last couple of games. You have to expect when you have the highs, you have the lows coming a few days later. That's just how baseball works. But um, he's hitting yep. over 450 right now in the playoffs. And um, yes, the offense has been cold lately, but whenever Kike has been asked to be a productive batter, whether in the leadoff spot or in that second spot, I think today he's hitting second. Uh, he's been there for the Red Sox and he's been a huge boost for this team. I mean, when you have one of your two guys there on the top of the order getting on base frequently, it makes the job of Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers. Um, I know Verdugo, I think, is hitting fifth in this game, or is hitting fifth for the most of the playoffs. J.D. dropped a spot in the order, so it makes their jobs a hell of a lot easier there in this order. Again, you know, we're seeing it today. Kike and well, Schwarber hasn't been on base for most of this series. I think he's hitting less than 150, but, you know, when the games where Kike cooled off, the offense followed. And uh, the days Kike was on fire, so was the offense. And they went on to win a couple of those games. So I've been extremely impressed with Kike Hernandez this year. I think he was one of the best bargains in free agency this last year. Center field is not an easy position in baseball. And uh, he's someone who came into Boston on that lower-level deal, secured that job in center field, and instead of being that super utility man, uh, secured the everyday spot in center field. So he, he's been unbelievable. I'm really happy he's on this team. I hope he can get swinging soon because they're absolutely going to need him in game six and seven because when he goes, this offense goes, it's looking like here in this series, and he's not going today, and it's still 6 nothing Houston. Yeah, I, I really don't think it's a coincidence that whenever he starts heating up, you also see guys like Bogarts, Devers, J.D. Martinez, Alex Verdugo, to name a few. They've been clicking as well. It's just – I don't know what it is. It's just one of the – he's just the, the catalyst, I think, is what you call it in that lineup. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. I mean, again, it's huge. When you have someone at the top of the order getting on base, like look at the Dodgers. 
You know, they added Mookie Betts last year. He was constantly getting on base, being aggressive on the base pass, turning, you know, uh, rounding second, like on an infield single, going to third. Um, it, look at the rest of the Dodgers lineup. You know, Corey Seager last year in the postseason, hitting second when Mookie was on, was unstoppable. Uh, Muncie, Turner, I mean, it, the results are there. And uh, obviously it doesn't surprise me that when Kike goes, they go, but uh, it's unfortunate he's cooled off on these two games because they've really needed that spark plug and their spark plug for the first couple games has been him. And it's just really not showing up right now. Yeah. Right today. He's over three Schwarber over three Bogarts over two JD over. Why does it say only over one? Um, I don't think the only players. Oh, okay. Yes. The only players have a hit are Devers and Vasquez. And they're nowhere near each other in the order. Right. Now, I think we need to talk about the big elephant in the room from last night's game. I know we kind of mentioned it earlier with Laz Diaz, but I do want to get your full thoughts on the Laz Diaz calls because, like, it's another one of those examples of umpire controversies. Like, you had a lot of them in the Giants-Dodger series, and then if you remember the last time the Astros played the Red Sox, this happened. And Play that again, he, I wasn't looking. Oh, yeah. Okay, where... so <laughs> here's my take on last Diaz. I am someone who watches a lot of baseball. Right. You are someone who watches a lot of baseball. We Correct. expect when we're watching baseball at the highest level in the biggest moments that the best players, coaches, managers, and umpires are at those games. Laz right. Diaz had 23 missed balls and strikes yesterday. And it was ele- it was even. It wasn't just like one to Boston, yeah. one to- it was even. Now, obviously, right. I was going to talk about the final call, which I don't love. If it's a strike, it's a strike. Call it. Use your eyes. But, um, you know, what? What did you say? You call a spade a spade, basically, was what I was saying. Yeah. And, I mean, it was an issue before that play happened. I, I Shame on Major League Baseball for having these officials officiating this game. The best umpires in this game should be the two crews that are in the two CSs right now. Why is Angel Hernandez officiating a postseason game? Why is Laz Diaz here? It's just, it's ridiculous. It seems like Major League Baseball is always doing something to screw themselves over. And it doesn't really matter to see what it is. They should expect, and baseball should expect, and its fans should expect the best of the best at these moments. Mm -hmm. These teams earn the spot to be here. Angel Hernandez's track record is terrible. He has a bad reputation around baseball. He's constantly questioned by players around the league. He's not one of the most credible people to be working in these situations. Laz Diaz, his track record in the regular season wasn't great. And that's transferring into this postseason. Uh, I think this is a Major League Baseball issue. Um, Personally, you know, it sucks that it had to affect the Red Sox the way it did and then giving up seven unanswered runs with two outs. But um, I think Major League Baseball should be completely ashamed of themselves that the crew that they put together included people with those two names. And, you know, when you have that many missed calls, personally, I don't think he should have been allowed to show up to work the next day, but I don't make those rules. That's baseball's problem. And uh, 
It's unfortunate. I mean, uh, yes, it has to do with the Red Sox. Everyone knows who I root for with the banner and the logo on right. my shirt. And, of course. you know, that ninth inning was really tough to watch. But I expect way better from the league in the way they put together these crews. And I've not been impressed with what I've seen the last couple games. Even today, like, what? Like no one knows what to strike in a ball anymore. Right. And I'm not a fan of robot umps. I don't know. Me neither. I don't want them in the game, but stupid decisions like this is what's going to lead to them in it. Yeah, I agree. I don't want ro- robot umpires are just going to make the key- game seem like because you can rig it, it rig the zones. Yeah, no, robot umpires really aren't going to help as much as people think it will. But I, I'm with you on that. And like I said, even though I'm a hardcore Yankee fan. I really don't have that much of a dog in the fight just because you, you know how I feel about both of those teams. That should speak for itself. But in any event, at the end of the day, it should be a fairly officiated game. So like, I agree. I, like, I don't, I don't want to see robot umpires. Just get, just get umpires who are going to call a fair game and have the game like be called to like the best of, to best of their ability. I don't want to was... see like, if I was running, I don't want to see guys like Angel Hernandez and Laz Diaz who've had horrible track records. I do too. If I was Major League Baseball, I would print out the statistical results mm-hmm. through an entire 162 game season because everyone says in Major League Baseball, you you your answers are determined through 162. <clears throat> your mm-hmm. your thousands of at bats, plate appearances, st- st- like everything. Yes, and you should take the players with the highest percentages behind home plate and put them behind home plate. Mm-hmm. The players with the highest percentages on the third baseline should be on the third baseline. The players with the highest percentages at second base and first base should be the ones there the entire series. Correct. I don't know why that's difficult to do. Correct. Because in the NFL, and you look at any other professional outside of hockey, I know there's been some sketchy things going on with an official there, and you know uh, that 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 story is incredibly unfortunate. Um, I think that that type of mentality needs to be removed from any sport immediately. Uh, but uh, it, it's not an issue in the NFL. It's not an issue in some of these other sports. But when we're supposed to be talking about the best of the best playing the for the biggest trophy in the game, uh, we have someone behind home plate who doesn't know what's a ball and a strike, and it's massively affecting both teams. But again, it, it was even on both sides. I'm not going to say it was mainly – a pro Boston strike zone or a pro Houston strike zone. It was a pro like robotic umpire strike zone at that point. I don't know what the heck I was watching, but that was a very unfortunate ending. But again, we should have greater expectations for the league deciding who is going to be behind home plate and who is not. Yeah, no, for sure. And like I said earlier, you can blame Alex Cora for his pitch, his ill-timed pitching changes all you want. You can blame Laz Diaz for his bad calls. And listen, I'm not going to tell you that Laz Diaz made great calls. Any Anyone with a good pair of eyes and a good brain with regards to what a good strike zone is will tell you that those are bad calls. Yeah. But with no, that having been said, of course, with that having one... said, he's not the reason the Red Sox yeah, had no. hitting problems. No. I mean, and again, when you have, when you have, you've had stuff like this happen in the past, yeah. like as I showed you before, like, that's not the reason why teams lose games. The reason teams lose games is because just the other team was better. Like at the end of the day, you can't blame the Astro Jose Altuve for getting robbed when that fan allegedly or didn't rob Mookie Betts of a catch. Like 
the Red Sox clearly deserved that series. They were obviously the better team in 2018. Like, if, if the Astros couldn't even win a home game in that postseason series, they have no right to claim whatsoever, in my opinion. But I'm yeah. going on a little bit of a tangent. And, you know, with that being said, I guess in a, in a way, you can say the same thing about the Red Sox. If the Red Sox not only can't hit, but can't take advantage of Fenway Park for two of the three games, can you really complain about the umpires? I no, so. I mean, the Red Sox have like way too many men on base in this series. Yes. I mean, when Christian Arroyo hits a triple and you have Kike and Schwarber coming up to bat, that run needs to come in. In game Correct. one, like I've already mentioned, when the bases are loaded and J.D. Martinez is up to bat, you expect runs to come in. Now, in the second game, the ball went over the fence, and which led to them winning the game. But, I mean, there were way too many instances where they were swinging at bad pitches. They were having a tough time gaining momentum. The lineup was inconsistent. Hunter Renfro's hitting below 100, uh, so that's incredibly unfortunate. Uh, their defense has been pretty bad. I mean, specifically today, uh, they oh, Altuve stole second. It's 7-0, Brantley, by the way. What's up? It's 7 nothing, by the way. I know. I have the updates in front of me. Uh, oh. He stole second. Ground ball from Brantley. Throws it to first. Schwarber notices him going to third, takes his head off the ball, drops the ball, Altuve safe at second, Brantley safe at first. Or safe at third, safe at first. You got to catch the ball. Yeah. I mean, yesterday there was a play that was hit over Hunter Renfro's head. The ball went over his head before he got to the warning track, but he didn't know where it was, and he lost track of the ball. When a ball is hit in the outfield and it's catchable, you expect your outfielders to catch the ball. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, there, there's been a few other defensive misplays as well, but when you have men in scoring position and you don't hit them in, your chances of winning are slim. When the games are decided by a run or two, and then that Houston's case, they ended up scoring seven in the ninth. If you play bad defensively, you're not going to win the game. If it's just, it's it's unfortunate. Um, This team played much different style of play earlier in the season, but yeah. I mean, when you leave men on base and you play bad defense, it is recipe for disaster when you get into postseason baseball, especially when you play a team that maximizes those opportunities. Cause what happened game one, Correa and Altuve showed up game four, those same guys showed up. Game five, include Jordan's name to that list. Houston Stars are showing up while Boston's remain dormant. Yeah, no. Sounds like problems I've been complaining about all regular season long about a certain pinstripe team, but I'm not going to go there on this episode. But before I get anything else, I do want to get into a few of the comments. Our, the main man of, Re- of Review and Preview, What's up, Tom Scavetta. What's up, gents? Tom, how's it going? Thank you for the comment. Folks, if you're watching and you want to comment and want to chime into our little discussion, please do not hesitate to do so. Whether you're on watching this on YouTube or on Facebook Live, Alec and I will be more than happy to to read your comments and more than happy to see whether we agree or not or share our own opinions of your comment. And Nando390 on YouTube says, Astros Braves World Series is going to be boring. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, to be honest with you. I think the Astros and the Braves are too solid world solid teams that definitely would be interesting to watch in the world series. I mean, 
Is it the most intriguing matchup? Not really, but I don't think I don't the Braves think... get past the Dodgers. No, 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 no. I and we're gonna get to that series pretty soon. I promise you. I'm I'm I'll spare you any more Red Sox complaints, but but like no. I, I said this before this series started that I think because of the pitching staffs in the American League and the National League, whoever makes it out of the NL is winning the World Series. Oh, for sure. I mean, 100%. I put the Braves against the Red Sox, the Dodgers against the Red Sox. The way with Bueller, Urias, Scherzer, and Freed, Morton, and Anderson, that's tough. Now, both teams have beatable bullpens. They yes. do. Um, and Houston's bullpen's actually probably pitching better than – Ah, the Dodgers' bullpen's pitched pretty well. Yeah. Like, Trident's been blow-up prone. Kenley looks awesome. Yeah, Kenley but isn't – usually Kenley's been the problem. This year, not the case. Yeah, but when you get to the Matzik's – well, actually, Matzik looked good. When you get to Luke Jackson's, the um, A.J. Minters, that's when you can beat the Braves. That's like getting to the Hansel Robles and Darwin's and Hernandez's and those guys with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, that's my one concern with the Atlanta Braves is when they get past their starters, I don't know how much trust Brian Snicker has in those guys to get clean innings against some of these lineups because I've watched AJ Minter give up some 400 foot bombs. And I've seen, like we saw yesterday, Luke Jackson, who finished this regular season with a sub two ERA, but in that huge moment, completely disappeared. And Will Smith is their shutdown closer. I do think he's the best guy they have there in the back of the bullpen, but we've seen him throw 25, 30 pitch saves. And, you know, a lot of them are bombs to the warning track and a couple walks in here and there, and it's definitely uh, not the smoothest ninth inning. So, hey, either both – Teams have starters that can go into the seventh, potentially. Um, I think some teams need to be a little bit more conservative in the way they manage their starting pitching. I, I mean, I, or I think they need to be less conservative mm-hmm. that they're starting pitching because teams will start to get panic in the fourth and fifth inning when they should be trusting these guys. Um, I think you need to have those answers established in the regular season based on how some pitchers can overcome certain adversities. I understand players are, or pitchers are way more exhausted as we get into October, which could definitely factor into some of these decision-making. But, um, yeah, I just think when I look at some of these teams in the NL, their pitching advantage is is theirs. And in some of these close games, you normally ride with the team that has better pitching, and that's why I like weaving these teams in the NL. But I, on back to this comment here. Uh, the Braves had a real chance to win yesterday. Um blowing that three-run home run on a pitch that really wasn't even that great. That's going to come back to haunt them. Yeah. And then Mookie Betts came up and did what Mookie Betts does. Uh, Cody Bellinger heating up here in the postseason for the Dodgers is absolutely huge because he's been someone who Dodger fans have been down on. You know, we've heard people in the business say, you know, if you're the Dodgers and you have to pay Corey Seager and Trey Turner over the next couple years, is it wise to bring back a Bellinger who's owed 18, 19, $20 million when you have those other extensions you need to pay? And I do think what Bellinger's done in this postseason has eliminated those conversations. Um, he's been given a fresh restart and the Red Sox scored a run. Woohoo! That's a moral yep. victory. And um, yep, Devers sole home run, I think. Oh, yay. Oh, so Devers has two hits today. Yep. There we go. 
Good job, guys. You didn't. You, you, you broke the scoreless streak. So the Sox haven't scored since the second inning of yesterday's game. First inning of yesterday's game. So let me do the math. That would be 14 innings, I think. Eight plus six is 14. Well, yeah. it was in the fifth. I think it was like 14 and a third. Okay, yeah, we'll count that. Yeah. We'll count so, that. So, yeah. That's tough. You're not, <laughs> you're, not winning any, you're not winning any playoff series with that. I mean, but, look, <laughs> seven nothing. It's not football where seven nothing can be made up easily. So who yeah. knows? Yeah, I wish we could drive down the field and score a touchdown right now, but uh, yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, anyways, speaking now that we talked about it, and now that we kind of gave our spiel, I don't know about you. It, I think we pretty much talked about this on the side a few days ago when we were like texting Dodgers Braves. That's by far been the best series this postseason. Or oh, no, and Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I no, thought that Dodgers-Giants. No, Dodgers-Giants. Dodgers-Giants. I'm not. Dodgers-Giants was, was bad so far. Yeah. But I know. I think this Braves-Dodgers series has been great. I mean, yes. um, you know, there's been plenty of lead changes. Uh, we had a huge come-from-behind victory yesterday for the Dodgers. Uh, the pitching's been solid. Um, obviously, the bullpen blowups are going to happen in a seven-game series. You figure each other out. You get tired. You have to piece pieces together. And when it's Luke Jackson versus, uh, you didn't have anyone better than him, Snicker. Yeah, that that was questionable. <laughs> that didn't make sense. <laughs> oh man, but he he was pretty brief about it yesterday. He's a very on to the next game guy. So, you know, hopefully he uh, the Braves can own up to that statement and and pick up the victory today. But you know, they lost a lot of momentum with a bullpen game today. Yeah, why? Who, who are they pitching again today? Uh, I was got... told it was a bullpen yesterday, and Snicker Jesse... said he will oh, decide Jesse Chavez in the is starting, or okay. opening in, the, in this yeah. case. I'm sorry, yeah. I still call it starting even if it's an opener. But Yeah, that you're the is... starter. If you're pitching an inning or you're pitching one at bat, you're still the starter. You're starting the game. That's maybe yeah. my old school baseball mentality kicking in, I guess. I don't know. It's it's still a starter to me. Opener and starter, SOS. Same old stuff. And he's going up against Urias, who, wow, he has an 18 ERA in his last game. I got to look at this. What happened in his last game? Well, the last game, how many innings did he pitch in that last game? Oh, he pitched one. Ooh. Yeah. So I don't, you can kind I of, not, that I forgot about salt. that. Um, so that should be that... interesting. Here's the weird thing about Atlanta. Yes. Freddie Freeman doesn't hit, and they're 2-0. and Freddie mm-hmm. Freeman's 3-for-3, three three, and they're 0-for-1. Right. How does that happen? Wow. Isn't that weird? He's was freezing cold in their two wins. Freddie Freeman. Yeah, no, that's nuts. And, you know... The Braves also kind of benefited from a Dodger mistake too, because you had, who, I believe it was Chris Taylor. He was leading, he was leading on second after what was a base hit by Cody Bellinger, and then the Dodgers or the Braves caught him napping, and he got thrown out in a rundown too. And that was a mistake because I would have thought you got Mookie Betts on deck, you have a runner on first and second. Why would why would you like risk that and not let him bat in, in a clutch situation? But who knows whether. Yeah. Whether the Braves would have tied the game in the bottom of that inning, who knows? But, you know, mistakes like that and, like, 
crazy momentum changing stuff like the ninth inning with Austin Riley getting that single. I think that really goes to show you how exciting this series has been. And when you have not to mention all three games have ended with the other teams last at bat. I mean, game two, game two is a great one too. That was the one where I believe it was the eighth inning where Austin Riley again, hit a double Austin Riley. That guy has been one of their MVPs. If, if it's not Freddie Freeman, I would obviously give Austin Riley the MVP for the Braves this year. He is. I mean, they lost Acuna. In- he has been stepping up big time. One of those guys that's been stepping up big time with Acuna being on the IL for pretty much all of the second half. And another guy, I had Noah Dibler from the Sports Box on my last episode. He he's the host of their show Sweet Tea. He's a hardcore Atlanta Braves fan, and one of the big things that he mentioned regarding the Braves and them getting far. He their MVP is Alex Anthopoulos. And to be honest, I don't disagree with him because a lot of his acquisitions were the reason the Braves were, were even able to make it this far. Eddie Rosario getting the game winning hit in game two. That's another example. I mean, it's brilliant. I mean, yeah. he was a he was very well respected when he was in Toronto, got the job with Atlanta and he's been unbelievable. I mean, his ability to extend guys like Albies and. Acuna. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Was he the front office member in the trade for Dansby Swanson? I think he was. Cause I, if I remember correctly, he left the blue Jays like right after they lost to the Royals in 2015. And I think he pretty much got that fresh start with the Braves. Not long after, I think it might've been him. Yeah. But he looked at his lineup and you know, they were missing that element, that additional element of slugging. And what did mm-hmm. he do? He gets Duvall and yes. Rosario. And Solaire. Yes. And who am I missing? Jock Peterson. Yep, Jock. Those pearly, that pearly necklace. Yeah. And <laughs> look at what happened to that lineup. It got deeper, way more powerful. Um, it seems like Adam Duvall is a complete different baseball player when he plays for the Atlanta Braves. When you had Solaire as a kind of protection guy a little bit deeper in the lineup, he blew up when he came to the Braves early on. And the, the, the my biggest question with him was he was transitioning to a team where he was going to be forced to play defense. Now, not that he's a bad defensive player, but he was a primary DH when he played in the American League. You know, mm-hmm. you're it's way more stressful on his body when he has to play nine innings on the defensive side of the field. And right. um, er, he fit in absolutely perfectly. Yes. Uh, he, Rosario, I... He, he's come up clutch late in the season. Um, I can't exactly tell if he was like a steal or whatnot, but these guys have come in and fit in very, very well. And they needed a big hit in the Brewers series. Who gave it to him? Jock Peterson. They needed yep. a big hit in this Dodgers series. Who gave it to him? There was a few of them, but one of them was from Jock Peterson. Eddie Rosario, too. Got the walk Eddie off. Eddie Rosario, too. Soler's not even there right now. Yeah, no, that's... Again, that's a that's a testament to the great job that Alex Anthopoulos did during the trade deadline. And if they if he doesn't if that division wasn't wasn't as weak, who knows if he even makes those moves. So that's definitely one thing to consider. But at the end of the day, if he doesn't make those moves, who knows if the Braves are if we're even still talking about the Braves at this point. Well, he was stuck in a position where. Yeah. 
the Braves didn't look like a team that could go very deep in the postseason, but due to the state of the division, he was forced to buy. Yeah. And I feel like he was in that balance was, yes, I need to buy, but I don't want to blow up my system for a team that's so questionable and missing its best player. I mean, uh, Freddie Freeman, at most talented player yeah. in Acuna. And he figured it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, the NL East, I mean, man, the Mets blew it, which everyone, which a lot of people saw coming. Uh, the oh, Phillies yeah. Once they the bomb died at the, had no chance. Yeah. The Phillies died at the worst time. Got hot too early. Yeah. And the team with the best manager and the best star player. And at the end of the season, the best rotation went on to win the division. And um, the Braves pitching staff heat up, pitch well at a great time. In the final month of the season, Anderson, Morton, and Freed did not give up four or more earned runs in their starts. Freed's been absolute money in the Freed's second half. Been their best pitcher. He he has been on fire. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine if Soroka was healthy? How much of a challenge the Braves would be to the Dodgers? Yeah, because Soroka would be well. I don't know where he'd been put in the order, but they'd have a starter starting tonight. Well, no, but you'd have like you'd have another ace to add into a pitching rotation that has guys that could potentially match the Dodgers, but I'm not saying yeah. they're talented. They're, I'm not saying they're better than the Dodgers by any stretch. The Dodgers, Dodgers pitching rotation is stacked. No one's, no one's taking that away from them. I'm just saying they mm-hmm. might have a somewhat better chance if Soroka was healthy, but yeah. And that that's crazy that, 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 that have been doing the job. And that's an injury that does not get talked about enough. It doesn't. Because. When did he go down? I think he, he went came down. back and then went down again. I think he either went down in May or June because I remember even in June, like Tom was telling me, oh, the Mets aren't going to go anywhere. The Mets aren't going to go anywhere. And I was telling him, look at the Braves injuries situation. You really think the Mets have no shot and look at that division. But sure enough, he was right because. In fairness, I also wasn't sure what bad injuries the Mets would have. So then again, there you go. But yeah. then again, at, with that being said, I still thought the Braves before the season were on paper the better team than the Mets. Like, at least hands down the better team in that division. I just can't believe how long it took them to figure it out. Yeah. Because they couldn't. They, it was weird. They didn't have a like a winning streak or a losing streak for like two months. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, a couple wins here and there, a couple losses, you know, good offensive performance one day, meh, offensive performance later, a bad start from Freed here. It took Morton a little bit to get going. Uh, I mean, I think Ian Anderson is a stud. I don't think he gets talked about enough. I know he's their third pitcher right now, but I do think he's a very, very good starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. But it, I, for how well they're managed and how well they're – you know, front office is constructed with having one of the faces of baseball on your team. It just, it's surprising. You know, maybe um, Ozuna was a distraction. Well, not maybe you don't want, no. if someone's involved with something like that, I mean, it doesn't help a locker a room. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they don't, again, they did, they dodged the topic. Well, I think they handled that well from a media perspective. Um, obviously when you're dealing with that situation, it's, it's just, terrible but uh they lost two massive pieces to their team and still three massive pieces to their team and still found a way to make it through in this division 
I mean, that says a lot about Snicker, who was getting a little heat from fans a little bit towards the end of the season for still not having that set figured out. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, the best team in that division won the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Now, unfortunately for the Braves, as great as they are, I don't, I don't see, I don't see them coming back from that game three because five two lead, you're five outs away from winning that game. You have to, you have to put your foot on the throat. Given it's the Dodgers, like I, I know they're up two to one. I don't care. The Dodgers are still talented. I thought I thought the only team that even had a legitimate chance of taking out the Dodgers was the San Francisco Giants, and look how that ha- look how that turned out. The Giants lost, and the Giants were literally that close to being. They were they were. You can maybe make the case that they were a few blown calls away from the umpires in that series from being the Dodgers. But when you really look in into that series, despite the fact the Giants had more regular season rent. I thought the Dodgers were the better team. The yeah. Dod- the only reason the Dodgers were even behind the Giants was because they had that bad stretch in May where they I think they lost like three or four consecutive series. I know they I know they lost to the Cubs. I think they got swept in Wrigley Field, no? And then they lost two out of three to the Angels in Anaheim. So, you know, they the Dodgers were strug- were struggling at one point in May, and it didn't help that they had the Trevor Bauer situation. And not only did Another they have, the, not only did they lose Trevor Bauer to a heinous crime that we're not going to talk about, they also lost the forgotten injury was Dustin May. Remember him? He that Another big one. redhead, redhead guy in their rotation. They had to use like bullpen games for for a few for a stretch in the season. If they had, if they didn't have the, any of that injury stretch, I don't know if the Giants would have won the division. And I'm, oh, I'm no not, way. I'm not taking anything away from San Francisco whatsoever. Even though I think that that team underachieved, I thought they were fantastic. Brandon Crawford, love me some Brandon Crawford. Great shortstop. I love Buster Posey, one of the best catchers in the league. The only guy I, I might even take ahead of him is Yadi Molina, but even then, I think Buster is the better hitter. Uh, and you had Brandon Beltonwell, and even Evan Longoria had a nice comeback year. So, granted it's not a team of superstars but they're grinders like i respected the giants they were a team that like i would sometimes stay up late to watch from afar just to like see how they played i even went to one of their games against the mets at city field with one of my really close friends who's a hardcore san francisco giants fan too so that was pretty cool but in any event did they have were they the better team than the dodgers i i can't say that that's the case and you know it's funny they ironically benefited the giants from a check swing call early in the season. I believe that was Darren Ruff who they gave him a ball, but then he clearly swung through. So again, just goes to show you the umpires really go both ways. I think you knew the Dodgers were eventually going to turn things around. I mean, once they got Max Scherzer and they had to get Max Scherzer, if they didn't get Max Scherzer, who knows where their pitching situation would have been. Cause as I said, Dustin May was a really good young prospect and who knows how much different things would have been had he been healthy and, Again, I hate to mention this, but if Trevor, if the Giants, or sorry, not the Giants, if the Dodgers didn't find out what a scumbag Trevor Bauer was, then, you know. He's starting to post videos again. Oh, my gosh. I, Did you notice like, that? He's a weirdo. Like, I, and one of his things came up on my YouTube news feed. I'm like, Trevor Bauer? I'm like, why, why? is this here? But no, the why? Dodgers have been very vocal about having very little interest in his return. If the I mean, game is the, a return. 
here's the weird thing. I got a kick out of some of the things that he did, like for him saying, okay, I'm not mad that Fernando Tatis celebrated, but like at the same time, I always thought that guy was kind of weird and out there and kind of just gave off weird vibes. So I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm, I've been, I was very ambivalent towards him at best, but now given what's happened, my opinion of him has sank very low. Yeah. He's uh he's definitely not, not make earning many fans. I also uh, didn't think his actions. I also didn't really think you needed to pay him all that money, but that's, that's an entirely different discussion. And I did not think the Dodgers were going to be the team that did it. No, it doesn't <laughs> surprise me, but uh, no, but yeah, anyway. to see if they're able to get out of that. I don't know exactly what major league baseball's rules are. I'm assuming when you're involved in what he's involved with, there's something in it that gets you out of it. Uh, but that should be interesting. Cause if I'm the Dodgers, oh, we didn't I even mentioned Kurt Clayton Kershaw's injury, by the way, that hits we another didn't even Clayton Kershaw. So again, the Dodgers really, even with all their bad luck. Muncie. Yeah, Muncie too. Even and with Turner. all their bad luck. Yes. <laughs> Even with all their bad luck, they're still probably the most talented roster in the league. It's a lot of depth. And like, you know, I know a lot of people like to say the Dodgers are a team that goes out and buys their championships, but that's also that's a homegrown lineup too. Like people have accused oh, the Dodgers. The people the Dodgers have, are Sorry, go ahead. They're the example of, well, after trading Gray and Ruiz, they crushed their, like, system ranking, even though I think system rankings, who cares, win a World Mm -hmm. Series. But for a while, they were the standard for baseball. They had money to spend. They had great contracts with guys like Muncie and Turner and Seager still on his rookie deal and a prospect coming up every once in a while. They had a deep farm system with the ability to make trades, the flexibility to make moves every year in free agency. Uh, yes, there was one weakness all the time, and that was, for the most part, the bullpen. Uh, but they did. They may continuously tried to make moves, getting the Trinans and the Joe Kellys and other guys like that to make moves. But they always positioned themselves to be involved with pretty much every big-name player over the last couple of years. And, you know, if you want to be a big market – and not every team can be like the Dodgers – um, it's right. not like they have a salary floor or a salary cap and like other leagues like that and how they operate. Baseball is much different. The Padres, not the Pirates are not going to operate like the Yankees or the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a very clear gap in the way you can do business in this sport. Yep. But you want money? You want prospects? You want the ability to win a World Series? You want all-stars? You want good contracts? I mean, the Dodgers have all that. Now, over the next couple of years... I think the farm system is going to take a hit. They're going to have to yeah. make some salary decisions based on Trey Turner, Corey Seager, right. Walker Bueller, Cody Bellinger. Um, I mean, Justin Turner's old. I think he stays a Dodger till he decides to retire. Sure. But they have to sign massive contracts to a couple players coming up. This might and be the only year that Justin Turner, by the way, has struggled in the postseason. I think he's hurt. Dude, no, I was yeah, watching, I would think so too. Because he didn't play game. Has he played the last two games? Uh, he played me... game one and he looked lost. And that's not Justin Turner. Yeah, no, because usually when you see him come up in the postseason, he's like the one guy you don't want to see come up. Actually, no, he's uh he's starting today. Actually, he's he's okay. in today's starting lineup. But so I was talking to Chris Jimenez from 
let's look uh, at game three. Let me look at the the starting line for game three. Uh, I see trade. No, he started. He started all three games, but like, if he thinks he's hurt, then that would that would explain a lot because, like, as as we said, Justin Turner, he's he another one of those in. guys. That's, say that again. He didn't start. He came, he would came off the bench in one game. I know that. Yeah, that might have been game two. Okay, might have been game I two. I thought so because I saw him in like a coat in uh, winter hat. Yeah, he pinched for it for. Yeah, I believe he pinched it for one of the pitchers, something like that. That would make sense. But yeah, no, he I, he had to have been hurt because he's another example of guys like Kike Hernandez who they're not necessarily superstars, but when it matters most, that's when they come up big in the postseason. Because remember, the, this the Dodgers just, wouldn't. This was like they, back in 2015 too. Remember, they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Justin Turner. Because remember, yeah. They almost lost to the Cardinals. That's right. But who got the big hit in the sixth inning? Justin Turner. Justin Turner. Turner. They were also a few Mike Schilt bad decisions away. And by the way, I think he got a raw deal. But that's another discussion for another day. Well, you know, I think you want to know where I think he's going. Where? Is the logo on the screen? The uh, Padres? Boom. Wow. Bold the opposite of Jace Tingler. <laughs> that would be a good hire for them, honestly. But, yeah, no. To your, to get back to your point about just Justin Turner, he's been – you could definitely make the case that he's been one of their more indispensable players for the, for the Dodgers. And that's not – and I'm not really saying this like it's just like this year or when they won the World Series. I'm talking about over the course of – all the years that the whole string of division championships started like really back when back since 2015, when he first joined the Dodgers and he came from. Cause he was New with York. the Mets and the Mets, like, I think the Mets like released him on, I think he was, he was a waiver pickup if I'm not mistaken. Cause the Dodgers got him pretty cheaply. Who did the Mets have David, Wright? Well, yeah, they had David. He was a utility infielder with the Mets and Tom, Again, if you if you look at Tom when he talks about the Mets on review and preview, he he hates he hates seeing Justin Turner come big. He still wishes the Mets kept him, but looking the Mets situation, like I don't know if he necessarily had a place in their roster. I think he just fit in better with the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean the the, the Dodgers. Think about it, man, because this same story happened with Max Muncy. Yeah, and it's weird because Matt Muncy came from a team that normally finds the diamonds in the rough. Yeah, with the Oakland Athletics. Yes. Because normally you see teams leave and go to Oakland. In this situation, he left Oakland and found success with the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's all I was talking about with some of these value contracts. Muncy's been worth nothing. And he's been one of the best three hitters in baseball. Mm-hmm. Three hole hitters, not three overall hitters. The third mm-hmm. hitter in the order. Well, now I think he, when Trey Turner came, he, dumped, he bumped a little bit down. But last year when they went, or for a majority of this year too, when they were going... You know, Betts, Seager, Muncy, Turner, guys like that. Obviously, you had Trey Turner in, bump some guys down. It The production's been there for Max Muncy. Yeah. But his arm, oh, that was terrible. And Schwarber. That was a freak had, injury, too. Yesterday, I legitimately thought that was going to happen to Kyle Schwarber. It oh, was my in, God. Yeah, that looked horrible. Um, Was it during the blow-up inning? 
Yeah, I th- Devers I think threw it, it on the inside. He went to catch it and pulled his arm back and nearly like if he ran because he got hit here. Yeah, right. And his arm went hyperextended, or it would have been that way. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. Yeah, it it was pretty. It was horrible. It, it, yeah, that's another freak injury. And again, the I if. Here's what I'm going to say. If the Dodgers find a way to win, win the World Series, which I think they most likely will, that's going to be a team. I'm going to basically say you can – I'm going to compare them to a big to a big game of Jenga. You, you could take out a lot of different pieces, and the tower is still holding up. Yeah. I mean, that's a sign of a good organization. <laughs> and you want to know the main difference between the Dodgers and the Yankees that, like, still irks me? Every the time Dodgers the get on base and the Yankees don't. Well, that too, but the <laughs> Dodgers pitch. Oh, the Dodgers pitching's injured. Or uh, no, but yeah, you you could say the Dodgers pitching, but that's not where I'm going. They're good base. I running. mentioned that the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, They're good defense. <laughs> Again, They're good. Okay, managing. there's more. There's more things where the Dodgers are in favor of the Yankees <laughs> than I would like to admit. <laughs> Front office. Uh, okay, kick me while I'm down. But you're getting there. I said the Dodgers were a homegrown team. Everyone used to accuse the Yankees of, like, buying champions, too, just like the Dodgers. The difference is the Yankees consistently whiff on the amateur draft. Besides Aaron Judge, name me, like, one really good homegrown Yankee over the past, like, five, ten years. It looked like it was supposed to be Sanchez. I've already ran. Um, I've already gone on my Sanchez rant with you numerous times on this so, show. I mean, technically Frazier wasn't homegrown. No, Frazier doesn't count. Um, Andujar looked like he could, but I don't really know what position he plays. Uh, Voight wasn't homegrown. Rizzo wasn't homegrown. LeMahieu wasn't homegrown. Mm-hmm. Hicks wasn't homegrown. Nope. Gardner was. I wouldn't consider him elite, but... I'm considering... Okay, I'm going to borderline count Gardner, but I said over the five to ten years. Gardner was drafted in 2000. Oh, yeah. He's like 500 years old. No, that's... Cole, no. Severino could have been. Yeah. Uh... Oh, yeah, to extend that pitching, too. Who's the last successful starting pitcher they've developed? That would probably be Andy Pettit. Yeah, I have no idea. And I'm supposed to have faith in the Yankees keeping the same front office and manager guys going forward? No. Well, you guys I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go on a little tangent ranting no, about that's my... that's fine. But you guys, I have no problem with the Yankees keeping Aaron Boone. Because I personally don't I, think Aaron Boone is a problem. Oh, no, 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 man, no. Listen, I don't think he's the problem either. I'm not saying he did a great job at all by any stretch. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm tough. just saying there are bigger fish to fry than Aaron. Aaron Boone's the least of their problems, as sad as that sounds. The unfortunate thing about the Yankees is you have a baseline to baseline offense. You're base to base offense, so you don't yep. really move much on the base pass. You guys easily force the ball on the ground, so you ground frequently into double plays. Compare that to the top four teams remaining in the playoffs. It's night and day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... They don't put the ball in play. They don't get on base. They need a DJ to hit 330, and that unfortunately didn't 
can happen. Uh, Torres took a step back. Judge, I think, was also took, hurt for I mean, most of the season, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Geo didn't have the Geo year we've seen from years past. Uh, your outfield is pretty much a revolving door every single day, it seems like. Uh, is, is, I think you guys have blown the Frazier experiment. Again, I mentioned Andujar. I don't know what his role is. I mean, a lot of those do stretch from the guy who's putting them on the field. Well, you know, the players need to execute, but. Who's the guy that's been hoarding a lot of prospects? And the problem with hoarding the prospects is you have a log jam in positions. That's why Andujar never really. That's, I think, why Andujar and Frazier never really had a chance to succeed. And again, I. I can go deeper into the Yankees, but obviously that's not what I wasn't planning on going a rant about them. But when we talked about the Dodgers and how well they were constructed, it's, it's the biggest thing that irks me between them and the Yankees. And it like, it's funny when I had Annie, the, that hardcore Dodger fan, sweet Annie OD, hardcore Dodger fan. When she and Andy and I did that wildcard pregame, it gave me a really painful reminder about the Yankees and how they were developed too. So, so there you go. But no, with that being said, I don't necessarily, even though I don't necessarily like the Dodgers, I've slowly grown to like, just respect the way they do things. And while they're going to have to deal with their own problems of who they're going to pay, like in all likelihood, they're probably going to win another world series and it's not by accident. That's all I'm going to say. I've been saying all year that they have been waiting for the opportunity to face Houston again. Now I'm disappointed that Houston is likely going to the world series because I am the fan of the team that of course Houston is playing and the team fan of the team that decided to stop showing up in the two biggest games of the series. But beside the point, (laughs) uh, baseball is a sport that not many people watch. Baseball is a sport that less people are watching and less people are becoming interested in. I don't think Major League Baseball helps itself, but when you're Major League Baseball this offseason going into an expected lockout with the CBA expiring and two sides that simply don't get along, it's a recipe for disaster and trying to grow the game in a positive note in itself. Mm -hmm. I think baseball right now is praying that the Dodgers and the Astros face each other in the World Series. Oh, it's going to happen. When baseball was talked about most, of course, it's in a negative light whether it's sign stealing, steroids, now, of course, the sticky situations. Uh, Yes, there's good stories all the time in Major League Baseball, but simply they don't get talked about enough on a national level. Um, I think we would see record numbers at the World Series if the Dodgers had the chance to repeat against them, the Houston Astros. Because I was kind of hoping for it last year. Of course, the Rays are in the opportunity, and I do think the Rays playing the Dodgers instead of the Astros – or another big market team playing the Dodgers affected the overall numbers. But, you know, we want to make this game watchable. We want to make this game, you know, gain more interest. And if they saw these two brands face each other, these two teams face each other after going years of harsh criticism, I think that's what's going to get people watching this series. And, And, oh my gosh, that's why I have enough. That's why I've been hearing talks about it being rigged, which I don't really want to go too deep into, but it's not what, rigged. The Sox aren't no, playing baseball. No, no, no. It's not. I'm I'm not suggesting <laughs> it. I'm not suggesting that at all. But I've heard one 
I've heard a number of takes that the Giants Dodger series was rigged, which I I'm not in agree with. Well, whatsoever. the way that game ended is just simply unfortunate. That's no, another it, series where Major League Baseball should have again be ashamed of themselves with the the count was on two in your face and Scherzer. Yes, I understand. And of we course, expect. like if you're the Dodgers and you get that call, run on the field and end the game. And they did. Mm-hmm. But that's another situation where why are we questioning these calls from people who should have the credibility to make the calls in the biggest games and the biggest moments of these baseball games? Yep. This, you know, this Red Sox situation is not the only time this has happened. I mean, they had the most missed calls and they were balanced. But again, this isn't something we should be talking about. We should be talking about the best players facing each other for the biggest title. Yes. Not if the people behind home plate actually know what a ball and a strike is. And letting that carry over to the next series, shame on Major League Baseball. And if this carries over again into the World Series, even more shame on them. Yes. The two, the the six people on the field should be the six best umpires in Major League Baseball. Yes. So, we'll see what happens. So, But hopefully... This bum in Boston over here isn't going to be there. Because yeah. I don't care who's playing. No one should have to deal with that many missed balls and strike calls. Yes. Well, anyways, Walt, as always, I want to thank you again for taking the time, whether it be ranting about the Sox or going on long tangents about the other teams in the remainder of the playoffs and previewing both of these series that are going on. Always a pleasure talking yeah, baseball man. with you and – I don't know how many more episodes. Well, I only have really a few more seasons left or sorry, a few more episodes left before this season ends. Gosh, I can't talk today, but in any event, thanks again for sharing your insight, not just about your Red Sox, but about the MLB. And, you know, before I end the show, you know, I'm not going to end this without you giving a plug. So, well, why don't you tell all the viewers out here where we can find you? Uh, you can find me on Down the Block Sports on YouTube, YouTube only. I'm not as friendly as Review and Preview Sports. You can't find me <laughs> everywhere. You can only find me on YouTube. So, again, you go on YouTube.com on your phone or online. You can find it on Down the Block Sports. Feel free to hit, give me a subscribe. We're at 528 subscribers as of today. So, thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the channel. Uh, hoping to get some more basketball and baseball content coming out very soon. It's pretty crazy that the baseball season is going to be over within the next two weeks. Uh, for the Boston Red Sox, maybe the next two days. But, uh, hey, you know, we got a series coming up. Depending on who of these four teams is going to be there, I'm going to try and talk about it. And uh, yep. hopefully we can keep posting them some good content. And hopefully I can have you on the show sometime soon. The Yankees do have to eventually make a move. And uh, when they make it, we're going to be talking some baseball soon coming up. But, again, for everyone listening, down the block sports on YouTube. Please give me a subscribe if you haven't. And uh, I'm going to pull hopefully post some good, great content up on there very soon. Oh, for sure. I'm looking forward to seeing some of your takes in the different sports. I know you've got a lot of, I know your insight goes beyond baseball and it's great stuff that you produce. And I definitely am looking forward to hearing you talking about the Patriots or even the Bruins too, because we know, as you know, from talking with me, I'm also not just hardcore with baseball, tell by my jerseys in the background. So if you could, if you look close behind the LT jersey, yes, that is a Rangers poster in the background too that I got at the Garden like years ago. But figure a picture. Oh, I think that that's them doing the stick salute. No, underneath them. Oh no, that's Andy Pettit. Okay. That's a four-four poster. 
That's nice. a core four poster. I can't remember where I got that. Oh, but, so it, ex- it extends? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yep, core four. And you got a pillow behind you, I see. Oh, yeah, that's a um, yeah, that is a <laughs> pillow. <laughs> but in any event, thanks again for coming on the show. And No problem, man. Folks, by the way, don't forget to check out our merch above here. You can see that we've got some uh, mugs, T-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, hoodies, and, of course, pretty much basic stuff. You can find that on Bonfire and get it while it lasts before Bonfire, before our our sale closes on October 25th, but I'm sure after that we will be go- we will be giving out some more products, but just want to give you guys a little reminder again so that you don't miss our little sale. A lot of good swag. I know I have my own snazzy snazzy looking hoodie and t-shirt on my way. I cannot wait to be rocking that on whatever show I do. But in any event, in any event, in addition to getting our merch on Bobfire, folks, please do not forget to give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, give a subscribe to our YouTube channel at Reviant Preview Sports. Always a pleasure getting to talk baseball. And folks, thanks again for tuning in. You have watched another episode of Hitting for the Cycle. Until next Wednesday, I'm your host, Hank and Dichter, and we will see you soon.